everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the CCHA show here in season two. Uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about. We have uh, two returning guests. First to Ryan Stieg, who writes about St. Thomas. Uh, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on and uh, and uh, informing us on uh, some, it was really a big weekend across the, across the league here. Yeah, it, uh, I'm glad to do this. It's a fun time every time I do it. So, And Matt Pockett, who you know, covers the Lakers up in... Uh, Sue St. Marie uh, does the Laker uh, radio show and uh, is, does some radio for the Lakers as well. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming. Yeah, good to be here, guys. Awesome. We have uh, we had a, a really an action-packed weekend, maybe a lighter one coming up, but we can touch on what went down last weekend that kind of brought everything closer together. We didn't think it was possible. We thought someone might maybe separate themselves from mm-hmm. the pack, but that was certainly not the case. Uh, this last weekend, and we'll start off with the Tommies who did not play uh, league games, but it's uh, important to talk about. And since we have uh, Ryan here, we can talk about, and it's also an upcoming opponent for the Lakers, so it's a pertinent series here. Augustana taking both games four to two on Friday, and then two to one in overtime on Saturday. If you listen to our show last week, uh, Tim Rapley, I believe, uh, predicted this outcome or something along these lines saying that St. Thomas, you know, having this non-conference weekend in the middle of very important games may have a, you know, maybe a bit of a mental uh, let off. Ryan, uh, what were your thoughts uh, on this one? Um, I wasn't able to watch the game. I don't have a full hockey account. But uh, from what I've heard and from the stats that I analyzed, it's, I think on Friday night, they weren't just, things just didn't click for them. They looked like a step – people told me they were a step behind and were trying to just – you know, they just looked a little off. Whereas Saturday's game, they looked very – they were right there with Augustana the whole game, and it could have gone either way. Augustana got a bounce in overtime, and that's what happens with three-on-three three overtime. It just – sometimes you just get a break, and, you know, unlike five-and-five, five, you know, it's just – uh three and three anything can change in an instant so that's what happens so not a great weekend but not anything to worry about i think either and uh, i think the Tommies are up one nothing for most of the friday game or able to get mm-hmm. that second goal and a lot you see it all the time if you aren't able to add on to your lead uh and it gives especially on the road it gives that home yeah. team momentum and just just the fact that you haven't scored a second goal can really be something that can push the other team to, they really exploded with a four goal third period. Uh, Matt, what do you think of of Tommy's Augustana from what from your side of things? I know they're coming up on the on the Lakers schedule here. Well, it's such an interesting result because Augustana's a first year program, and you know we've seen some some pretty successful first year programs in recent years. Um, you know they go up against St. Thomas, who's still building and growing into the frankly monster that I think they're eventually going to become. They're already pretty darn good. Um, it's it's one of those series that in some ways you look at it and, and it screams trap, right? You know, a veteran team in Augustana, brand new arena that opened up a couple of weeks ago when Ferris State came into town. It, it, it just looks like kind of situation where you're going to get punked going in there. Somebody's going to get punked here and they're not going to like it very much. So, you know, it winds up being the Tommies this time. What's interesting is, you know, you can look at the totality of this league. Pretty much everybody in this league is right around 500 for their season record. In fact, the only team with a winning record on the season, never not CCHA play, but Minnesota State, they're, they're the only team that's above 500 this year across the CCHA. You've had a lot of these teams that have had these kind of inconsistencies that, that they'll play really well for a couple stretches. Don't fall back for a couple stretches. They're susceptible to some of these trap games. And that's caused everybody to kind of suppress everybody else's record down a little bit. And I think the Tommies here, they're still building. Um, but like you said, you go on the road, Augustana plays it really well. It's a tough team. You know, they're, they're not bad offensively. Um, and, and you let them hang around in that those first couple of weeks in that new building. They can smell it. You know, once they get the first one, they can smell the second one, too. So um, a, a good weekend for the Vikings, who already, again, look competitive very, very early on in their life cycle. 
and they were the NCAA's, uh, well, at least they're the digital uh, uh, group's uh, team of the week in NCAA hockey, Augustana was. So that was not not really an actual award, but I guess it's some recognition for them and, and good for them, really. They picked up, uh, I think, their uh, ninth and tenth wins of the year. Um, so, okay. uh, yeah, they're, although they're obviously, like we talked about, aren't uh, aren't competing for CCHA points, uh, but they put themselves in a pretty good place. You know, having this opportunity for them to play each team in the league uh, for two years before actually joining the league is, is, an, is an interesting idea. Uh, I think it works well for them because they get to go to all the different buildings and maybe make some relationships there with, you know, whether it's the equipment staffs and the training staffs and, and have those kind of things develop before they become full members. Uh, I think benefits them and they can jump right in and have some success. They're already kind of having it. But, uh, you know, Ryan, any thoughts on on that aspect of things? I think it's just also good, uh, you know, St. Thomas jumped right into the conference going from D3 to D1, and they were trying to make the go of it by just trying to get through with it with a bunch of D3 guys, and that isn't an easy task. And when you said that uh, they were uh, they were just – they were in a different situation now. I is in – they have a sparkling new arena. They're just trying to, they're able to build something a lot faster than St. Thomas was. And the fact that St. Thomas is doing so well in their third year is pretty impressive. And Augustana has got a little extra boost earlier, and uh, they can have D1 guys right away, whereas St. Thomas wasn't too. So it's two different situations, but they're both trying to make a go with it as fast as they can. Yeah, certainly St. Thomas, you know, being elevated from D3 as opposed to San Augustana, you know, building from scratch, but having that full year without a team and, and uh, you know, having the arena already where St. Thomas is a few years away. They're, they're, they're similar, but not, but not the same. Uh, Matt, would you say uh, on those, uh, on this? Yeah, I think they profile out in similar ways to each other. You've got Twin Cities, you've got Sioux Falls. Uh, there's, there's fertile recruiting grounds for both of them available. But the key difference is with St. Thomas, this move to Division One was not planned. This was something that got forced on them by getting kicked out of the MIAC for essentially being too good, right? They had kind of outgrown that league, and the league is like, well, you know, we can't have any of this anymore. So they have this change forced on them in a very short amount of time, whereas you look at Augustana and, and frankly, most programs that make that transition into Division One. They've got the opportunity to figure out, okay, what's our start date? What do our first couple of years look like? We can get a running start with recruiting. We can build a couple schedules a few years out, get a coach in place. You know, uh, I, I, uh, one of our assistants here at Lake State, Vinny Petrangelo, you know, he was involved in starting up the program at Division Three Arcadia, and they essentially had a two-year window from when he was hired to the first game, and they said, this program's yours. You build it from the ground up. You design the jerseys. You recruit the players. You figure out everything the way that you want to see it. How much bigger a job is that at the Division One level, too? So with Augustana, yes, they've been able to take the time and kind of plan this thing out, which is why you get a Midco Arena opening in their first year as a Division One program. St. Thomas, to do all of this on the fly – is just an incredible job of pivoting from where your program was to what you want to be without any of that adjustment period. And they're both impressive in their own way. Moving on to our next series here, uh, Minnesota State uh, traveled up to Houghton to take on Michigan Tech. And uh, as you might suspect from where these two teams have been this year and in the standings, they split Michigan Tech winning three to one on Friday. The Mavericks coming back to win 4-2 to on Saturday. They did go to a shootout for the uh, McGinnis Cup, which is the uh, uh, Winter Carnival kind of weekend uh, goal differential champion. So it was while it was a little odd to see a shootout, I talked to Blake Piedla, who we'll hear from a little bit later in the show, uh, who is also the league's student athlete of the year. Uh, but he said, yes, it was a little odd to go to a shootout after losing 4-2. to but Tech was able to win that shootout and uh, and take home the uh, McInnes Cup uh, there. Matt, uh, being a, up in the UP, any kind of significance to that other than, you know, 
on campus it's a big deal and they have the campus royalty out on the ice and things like that? You know, strangely, I've never made it to Carnival, and the Lakers actually played there a couple of years in a row, really before I started traveling with the team full time. So I have I have never made it there, but it's Carnival's huge. I mean, it is it's it's like it's like homecoming, but times like eight with a ton of snow. Um, it's it's something else, and. You know, they've already got such a great fan base up there. I will say it's it's very European football of them to go to a shootout because they're tied on aggregate goals. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, now we have to decide this thing on penalties. But, um, yeah, yeah, great, great atmosphere, I'm sure. And, you know, looking at that series, you kind of get um, a, a little bit of a microcosm of the season in some ways, right? I mean, like we said a little while ago, neither team is really able to separate from anybody else in the league. And you, you end up with kind of the same status quo in some ways that you started the weekend with. Now, Minnesota state moves a point ahead of St. Thomas for the league leaders. Tommy's have two games in hand though. So does Bemidji. So does Bowling Green. Tech is sitting about middle of the pack. And, you know, for them this season, it's, it's gotta be a big disappointment, right? I mean, they were picked to finish first, um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I look back at the CCHA preseason coaches poll and I was like, well, that one might get put in the shredder pretty soon because it had the Mavericks finishing, I think sixth, coming into last weekend, Bowling Green tech and Northern, the top three teams in the league in that preseason poll were all out of home ice in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, it's, it's twilight zone in some ways. But here we are at the end of the weekend, and no matter how the results go, everything is still neck and neck. I mean, seven points separate Lake Superior and six with Minnesota State first right now. I mean, we've settled absolutely nothing. We haven't settled home ice. We haven't settled our league champion. We haven't even really settled who our favorites are for some of this stuff yet. We have no idea what's going to happen these next few weeks. And boy, is it fun. I like it this way. Uh, Ryan, uh, you used to cover Northern for a number of years, so you're familiar with the uh, uh, carnival at least a little bit. Uh, what were your thoughts on this series and of that uh, that event? I know where where I came from in RPI, we had something similar. It was called the Big Red Freakout, which is essentially a hockey homecoming in in February. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what are your what was your takeaways from this and, and carnival? Okay, well, I've never been to the Winter Carnival. <laughs> um and this will surprise people i've never actually caught in houghton oh wow so, Stay away. Uh, <laughs> I, I never got to go to a tech northern series yeah. so it, uh, it's 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 weird that i was never able to do that but um i i think winter carnival is what everybody tells me to everybody gets into it and it's just a great way for like alums and students to get together and have a good time. Uh, Minnesota State had a great opportunity this past weekend, put a little distance between them and St. Thomas and maybe the rest of the league. Couldn't capitalize on it. Um, was able to still st stay in first by one point, but uh, I know they probably wish they could have built on that a little more because now they're off this week and St. Thomas can jump back into first and all they need to do is just get two points and they're back in first place. So probably overall a disappointing weekend for Mankato, but you know, that's just how it goes. Tech's, tech's hard to beat at home, especially when the carnival's going on. So I'm not really surprised by what happened. I'll point something out here real quick too. So, so this is a little bit more rumor than anything, but I heard because the weather up here has been very unseasonably warm been like that in the Sioux. It's been like that across the UP. I heard that Tech was basically saying, if you have snow, call us. We will come get it from you for Carnival. We need snow and a lot of it. So bring us your snow. It's what I heard. Um, but, you know, is it winter Carnival without snow? Is it winter without snow? I mean, I can see more grass out there than snow here in the Sioux right now. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to skate. We had about a week, I think, of public skating in the Twin Cities as far as outdoor rinks were concerned. So, and yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll I'll bring my skates out next week, and then it just there wasn't any. So, <laughs> I feel that I feel that pain. Uh, Hard times for of, us on skates. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that pain of the lack of uh, 
precipitation and, and just cold weather in general. I, I kind of miss it uh, moving back here uh, recently. Anyway, uh, moving on to our next series it involves uh, Matt's Lakers. They went to Bowling Green and Falcons uh, have become kind of a, a late season surging club themselves, winning six to three and uh, four to two over the Lakers. Uh, you know, some high scoring, you know, some early leads for Bowling Green there. Uh, Matt, what was your takeaway from the weekend there? Well, David Witten talked about it on the Laker hockey show this week, but for the second weekend in a row, you know, we had a playoff type atmosphere. It was loud. It was nuts in there. Slater produces a noise that you don't get in a whole lot of places. You know, you've got that horseshoe design with the open end of the scoreboard. You've got that low metal roof and sound really rattles around in there in a way that it doesn't in a lot of other buildings where they're a bit more airy. Well, get me wrong, they get loud, but the sound doesn't really bounce around like it does at Slater. So it was a it was a really strong atmosphere. They play to it. They really feed off of it. And, and yeah, they're surging right now. They've taken 12 points in a row. Um, hot starts were, were the key for Bowling Green, I thought, in both of those games, particularly the second night where the Lakers take a penalty early in the game. They give up the, the power play goal. This is a PK that's been fourth in the country across the last month, um, you know, and, and that's national rankings across the totality of the season. They've been sitting in fourth for a month straight. So, and, and, and Damon Witten talked about it this week. He said, I think there's kind of an expectation that, yeah, we're going to go out and kill this penalty. And when the other team comes out and bags a goal on you, it's kind of like, where the heck did that come from, right? <laughs> Especially after a great weekend against Michigan Tech killing penalties. The Lakers were excellent. Again, another playoff-style series against the Huskies a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, for BG, being able to get out on top early was big. Here's here's a really interesting stat. The Lakers are 5-2 and two this season when scoring the first goal of the game, but they're now 7-14-1 when the opposition scores first. This Laker team has now played – I'm trying to count, which is not my specialty – 29 games this season, and they've scored first in just seven of them. Um, that's something that Damon's talked about a lot this year. You know, we need to find a way to get that first goal. Teams, uh, you know, the first goal of the game is so important. I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily going to dictate the rest of the game, but you want to score first, you want to go up, and teams that score first generally do pretty well. Teams that get scored on first generally don't. Um, that was big for BG, and then it was it was rough and tumble physical hockey. The Lakers answered well; they finished well in each of those games. I thought, in particular, uh, on Friday night, good bounce back after each of the first two goals by Bowling Green. They got the game tied, had a strong finish. Third period was really good. I thought on Saturday too, but just going down too big too early in that game. Yeah, they're down four four nothing on uh, on Saturday and. They you know they pulled the goalie, got some some late goals there to try and make it uh, interesting late, but yeah, I just couldn't quite uh, complete the job. And yeah, falling behind early is never a, a winning uh, formula there. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Bowling Green and, and the Lakers here? Well, Bowling Green is uh, they're the hot team of the league, and at the start of the year, I thought they'd be in a much better position than they are right now. That much better position than. I just thought we'd be having a better season until this point. And now they've really maybe shown what they're capable of. It's really what they've done. Back to back sweeps is an easy task. And uh, I know they've been hit hard with injuries too, and they're just making a good goal. It's, it reminds me a little bit of what North Michigan did last year. Um, Northern Michigan, you know, went on this big run in February to get some momentum into the playoffs and made it to the CHA championship game. And I think BG is showing that that might be the case for them too. With Lake State, Lake State's been kind of a surprise this year to go from last place to where they are now, maybe on the outside looking at some slim McNaughton chances still left, but they're definitely in home ice contention and they're, they're a fun team to watch. I watched them this year twice and uh, they're in a better situation. And that's fun to see. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, these, both of these teams still, yeah, still in it as far as the McNaughton goes, just, you know, based on, you know, 
where things stand with the three weeks to go here. Um, not everyone's playing every week. As we're talking about the Lakers, we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, are, are, are playing, but playing Augustana, so no points uh, available to them. Then, of course, we have the at the end of the year, we have the odd single game between Lake State and Ferris. So while everyone else is playing, uh, you know, the two-game weekend, first weekend of March, uh, they only get the chance to pick up three points, uh, respectively. You know, one of them is going to get in that game. So you kind of have to have something built up to withstand what could happen around the league on the last weekend. Um, getting to our uh, final series of last weekend, Bemidji State, uh, picking up five of six points at Northern Michigan, uh, four, two winners on Friday, and then taking a shootout win after a three, three tie back and forth, uh, really exciting, uh, hockey going on up there in Marquette, uh, but Bemidji state getting a little healthier, again, getting Kyle Loaf back, uh, in action. And they look like, uh, you know, potential McNaughton cup challengers themselves. Uh, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on, on Beavers and, uh, and your old, uh, Northern Michigan Wildcats used to cover? Well, NMU, I thought was doing really, they were kicking it into gear like they were last year. You know, it looked like they were on the cusp of doing that. And uh, they took a step back this weekend, this past weekend against Bemidji. I thought they'd, you know, I took them to sweep Bemidji. I just was feeling that momentum was starting to come for them. But it just, it, it wasn't there. And then Bemidji's been a team that's hard to figure out. They will have moments where they look good. And then they have a little shaky. They have they have this weird Friday Saturday thing where they'll look really good Friday, and then Saturday they'll just take a big step back. And it looks like they're kind of getting over that, but it's uh, you know it's still hard to say. It's it's an unpredictable league. You really you don't know what's going to happen after week, and it's hard hard to predict. But uh, it's fun in that regard, and uh, it's hard to say what's going to happen this week too. Matt, what do you think about this series? just like every other series consistently inconsistent who's going to show up what are they going to look like when they get there i don't know uh, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine right i mean you know both of these you know everybody in this league comes in with something to play for this weekend you know ferris is kind of the one team that's on the outside looking in at this point that's the only real separation from from anything at this point and for NMU, you know, they're the one team in this league at this point, including Ferris State, by the way, who's yet to hit 10 wins on the season. So, you know, I think you get to a point where the inconsistency over such a long period of time is just kind of what you are. And I think you can say that about pretty much anybody in the league. I think for Northern, yeah, you know, that's that's been kind of the case. They've, they've given up a lot of goals, um, you know, offensively, maybe not quite what they hoped. You know, they had some ups and downs with goaltending throughout the year. And, um, you know, I, I, I look at them, and it's kind of similar to Michigan Tech in some ways. You know, what are you going to get night to night? What are you going to get weekend to weekend? The thing that's always impressed me about Bemidji, you know, you can look back over the last several years – and go, you know, the preseason polls don't often show them as finishing as the top half team. That's typically where they end up, though. I mean, they're they're kind of the little engine that could in some ways. They just put together quality teams, play a quality style, you know, with a with a quality coaching staff that just knows how to how to get results out of these guys. Is it always going to be the prettiest thing? Maybe not. Are they going to have some setbacks? Sure, but the Beavers are always going to threaten. For that for that league title, they're always going to be one of those teams of the mix that probably gets overlooked, and yet should probably be looked at pretty consistently as one of the upper tier contenders. Um, I, I don't think this year is really any different, right? Some of the inconsistencies around the rest of the league, maybe that plays into it a little bit. Um, Tom territory always finds a way to just just grind results out throughout the course of the season, though. And picking up five points on the road against, and again, an NMU team that's smelling room to climb in the standings. Of course, this would be a weekend where Bemidji finds a way to go pick up five points. I mean, this is just this is kind of what they do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, shaping things up and uh, for the second, uh, last few weekends of the year here. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Michigan Tech uh, graduate uh, student Blake Piedla, who was 
as I mentioned, the CCHA's Student Athlete of the Year. We kind of push those uh, academic awards, the all-academic team and uh, scholar-athlete awards up into February as opposed to uh, after the season is over. So that was a change we made in the league. Anyway, we'll hear from Blake and be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, joining me now on the CCHA show is Blake Piedela, grad student and uh, goalie for Michigan Tech. And uh, Blake, thanks for coming on again. I know you've uh, you're uh, come on the show a couple of times in the, in the last couple of years, but uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I think I had you with your I think with your brother uh, last year. But uh, you know, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the Student Athlete of the Year award. And uh, you know, what, what was your you know initial thought when you when you heard that uh, come down for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a great honor. Um, you know, college student, um, student athlete. So you gotta be a student first. So yeah, I just like to um, work hard in the classroom and then translate that in the ice as well. So yeah, definitely exciting and, um, just recognized for the hard work over the years, I guess. What, uh, you know, a lot of kids when they, when they go to school or they're, they're in high school and they just try to decide on what major they want to do. What, what made you, when did you first think you're going to be uh, an engineer? Cause you're a mechanical engineer. You have, you have that uh, in the, in the bag already for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I've always liked the, I don't know, the critical thinking aspect of it. Um, putting your mind to work and uh, coming up with ideas, designing, um, thinking of new ways, better, better ways to solve, uh, solve problems. So, um, I think that's kind of where that came from kind of following my dad's footsteps. He's an engineering major. So, um, just kind of those two things, um, kind of made me want to do that. And something that, uh, Reese, who's your, uh, you know, faculty, faculty athletics, uh, rep, uh, you know, put in your in your nomination for your award is you you, you worked with a you know a UK based engineering company um, doing some engine, interior design stuff for uh, electric I guess electric engines. Can you tell me a little bit about what what you did on on this project? Yeah, so it was electric vehicles. Um, it was a two two team company that kind of worked together. Um, yeah, I was fully autonomous. Um, so we kind of had to work on um, think of the best way to. Uh, um, as a quick conversion interior is pretty much what we had to do. Um, they by day they transported um, packages, cargo, anything, and then they wanted us to think a way to quickly translate that to um, kind of like an Uber scenario at night. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had to come up with a rail system that um, we kind of worked with that and kind of monkey with different things and tested it, um, and then we came up with a solution for that, um, the best way to kind of ease that in and out and uh, making it successful. That's pretty interesting. And what what kind of stuff? Now you're working on your MBA. Now uh, is is that something that's uh, a little bit different to you, the business side of things, or is that something you're you're actually also uh, kind of interested in? Yeah, both actually. It is different. Um, I haven't really had um, any business classes. Um, I'm definitely interested in though. Um, just uh, learning about how to I don't know maximize profits um, for your business. Um, there's a lot. Of th- we've covered a lot of things. A lot of different classes. There's finance, um, economics, um, operations management, supply chain. So yeah, they they kind of tackle a lot of them. Um, I think there's eight different classes throughout the throughout the MBA thing, um, MBA course. Um, yeah, I mean it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely different, but um, I'm really interested in it so far. Because they're in different schools, right? Yeah, the engineering school and the business school. Uh, do, do do they talk to each other at all? Is there any part of your MBA that you can use maybe in a, in a management management role at an engineering firm or something like that? Um, yeah, I think that's the the idea and the goal behind me getting it was. Um, you maybe move up in management um, in the engineering field. So that's kind of why I wanted to get this um, later on after done playing hockey. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had professors uh, relate to, um, I mean, how, how it could work in the engineering field, like as far as supply chain and, and stuff like that. So yeah, there's definitely been some ties in throughout the year. Uh, on the ice, you know, you guys may, maybe not having the year you, you wanted to this point, but obviously there's still time to kind of rectify that and have a successful year. You had to have a few you know, big moments, obviously the GLI stands out. Uh, what, what was, what was going through your mind when you made that last save in, in the shootout to beat Michigan state there? Yeah. I mean, just really happy. Um, I was fired up, um, probably yelling a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, it was a hard fought win for our team. Um, our program, um, we really pride ourselves on, on the GLI every year. So, um, being able to get that one against a great, great team like Michigan state was, 
a lot of fun and just being able to do that in front of a lot of tech fans was really awesome. So yeah, happy to get that done. How do you feel about how how well you know not only your tech alumni, you know, whoever around different cities around the CCAJ, but also your your you know, Mitch's Misfits and how they kind of have been seemingly following you more often this year than they have in years past, maybe a little bit. Yeah, they've been traveling great this year. Um, I know they've already made it out to a couple of road trips. Um, they're at Lake Superior State, um, Bemidji, and then the GLI. Yeah, there's all I could see with tech fans. So, yeah, it's awesome. Their support, um, even like you said, maybe not having as great of a year as we like, they still show their support every game. And um, definitely the home games, too. It fires us up and gets us ready to play every night. What's it like having Chase on the ice with you? I've seen, I've seen, I've seen him defend you a few times when uh, maybe uh, he thinks the points are getting too close to your, your blocker or your glove. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great having him out there, like like any other other D. But yeah, um, I think they got a nickname for him, the sheriff. Um, he just <laughs> he runs around grabbing people. Sometimes maybe could be drawn penalties, so he's, <laughs> he's living on the edge there. But yeah, it's great to have him back there. Um, we got a great defensive core, great team. So yeah, just gotta keep it going. Have you noticed anything as far as development in in your group? I know you didn't return a lot on the blue line, and it, you know maybe that was what Hershey were in the season. Do you have have you seen guys kind of? gaining confidence, uh, you know, really throughout the team, but just helping you out in front. You got your first shutout a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, I think we're slowly but surely um, figuring it out. Um, a big thing for us um, recently has been our starts. Um, so we've had a couple of poor starts um, this this past week, and we've had two really good starts to the game. So um, I think just building off that would be great. Um, and then, yeah, we've had a lot of young guys step up. Isaac Gordon, he's, he's producing. Um, a lot of guys, um, a few of our captains, they're showing the leadership, working hard. They're playing through a lot of injuries. So, um, yeah, I think we just got to keep working hard. Um, next next guy up mentality um, and just doing what you can do to help the team win. I know you're not probably thinking about this, but you're kind of counting down the last few games you get to play at the at the uh, MAC up there. And, uh, you know, what are some of the things you think you're going to remember about that building? And obviously the, the fan support has been tremendous since you, since you stepped on campus, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd probably just say skating out every game. Um, the the misfits and the fans. Um, every game, it's it's if it's not sold out, it feels like it is. Um, you know, playing for the fans, the community. Um, I mean, feels like this is my fifth year here, and it feels like maybe it's still year one or two. It feels like time flew by. Um, so yeah, this year I've been just having fun, um, enjoying the moment, uh, making sure I'm enjoying the road trip. So um, yeah, just I'm gonna make sure I'm enjoying these last few weeks and hopefully a great playoff push. I got I gotta ask you. I- it's been warm this uh, this season outside. Uh, have you have you gotten a chance to play golf at all, or is the course not open? No, yeah, it's not open. I know downstate. I've seen some of my friends are playing. Um, yeah, when we had Winter Carnival this past weekend, and um, some of the snow, snow uh, sculptures were um, close to melting pretty early. Um, yeah, so it's it's been it's been warm definitely. You still got to have. I was wondering if you got to have the sculpture contest this year. Yeah, they still they still somehow found a way to do it. Uh, I think they're putting tarps over it keep keep the sun away. Um, yeah, there's definitely some it was brown around it, but yeah, the the sculptures were they're nice and nice and good and big. So yeah, they did a good job. You know, another carnival win for you guys. Uh, I know it's kind of odd to have a shootout after a four two game, but yeah. uh, you know, it's it's still important obviously for for you guys to to take that trophy for another year. Yeah, it was obviously a tough loss. It was weird um, hopping into the shootout. I actually wasn't really aware we were going to do a shootout until they said that, but. Yeah, for the fans, community, the team, um, um, it's a great trophy. Um, so yeah, it's always great when you can win a trophy. And uh, just for you guys, you know, coming up, you obviously you guys aren't playing this weekend, uh, but just a couple more weekends left of of action here. Uh, you know, what, what's going to be important for you guys to try and you know climb into that top four, maybe take a run at the McNaughton, which is still really wide open if you look at the the standings. Yeah, it's a it's a tight race. Um, I think it starts in Bowling Green, um, having good starts that we've kind of been emphasizing. Um, they're a tough place to play, so definitely be a big crowd there. So I think um, good starts, weather the storm, and then just kind of play our game, um, defense on out, um, uh, capitalize on opportunities. And then, yeah, um, last regular season game against St. Thomas, um, they're a great team, so we'll have to give them our best. Um, they, they skate hard, work hard. So, um, yeah, do anything we can to get home ice in the first round and position ourselves the best we can in the playoffs. And then lastly, I just want to ask you, you know, like, you know, what 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 are your do you, do you have plans for after you know the season or are you, you're kind of putting that off until you, you have to make that a call and just kind of focusing on the task at hand here yeah kind of putting that off as of now but yeah obviously i want to keep playing hockey um after this season so we'll see where that takes us after the year but yeah definitely focus here at michigan tech and what we can do to prolong our season as long as we can 
All right, Blake. Well, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk. Uh, and uh, again, congrats on the Student Athlete of the Year Award. Yeah, thanks. No problem. All right, everybody. Welcome back. CCHA show. Uh, thanks to Blake for, for stopping by there. Um, pretty much, like I mentioned, a, a bit of a light weekend here as far as uh, series go. We just have three of them and only two in CCHA play. We'll start off with the Thursday Friday series up in Bemidji, Ferris State heads up there. We talked about these teams a little bit, except for not, not really Ferris State so much because they were off. But uh, uh, Ryan, what do you think of the the Bulldogs heading up to Bemidji? I mean, if you're the Beavers with this much time left in the season, you kind of feel like you need five or six points to to stay in contention for the McNaughton, even though they're you know have those couple of games in hand. They have a couple games in hand, and uh, but still need to get the points when you have when you have the opportunity to do it so um ferris you think on paper this is going to be maybe a sweep for the beavers just because Ferris just seems down this year it's just they're at the bottom and they're trying to finish out the season strong but ferris can pull upsets they usually shock teams at some point and uh i wouldn't be surprised if ferris ends up just because they just have the ability to be overlooked by a lot of teams. You know, they've beaten the cable before when they weren't expected to. They beat Northern before. They've beaten, you know, where you're just like, hey, <laughs> Ferris is actually better than what their record says. So it's it's going to be a competitive weekend. But if I'd probably say it's going to be a sport. Matt, what do you think about these these two? And uh, you know, what do you what do you expect at least uh, from these clubs here? Um, playoff atmosphere, you know, I, I think that's what you're kind of going to get week in, week out at this point. Remember, Ferris was surging too. They won four in a row, beat Lake State twice, beat Augustana twice, um, in the grand opening of Midco Arena, nonetheless. And then they're up in the middle of the third against Bowling Green looking for five in a row. And the Falcons go and pump three past them to, to yep. snap that game winning streak. And then they played to a, a pretty good 3-1 result the next night, too, where, where Bowling Green wins. So it, it's funny because now you look at, at BG and they're a team sitting in fourth in the standings. They've been parked in seventh all year. Yeah. And that series against Ferris a week and a half ago was basically to decide who's going to be last in this league. And BG just kind of wins it by, by not really a whole lot. And again, the league is so tight that they're able to pick up 12 points in a row, jump all the way up from, from seventh into fourth. So Ferris has been close these last few weeks. And I think, you know, when you look at the totality of their season, Ryan, it's like you said, they're they're kind of right there. So I think to, you know, you can look at the record and say, well, it's the third place team against the seventh place team. That normally would mean something this year it probably means a little bit less uh, you know i think these these series have been very competitive do i expect Bemidji to take both games probably but it wouldn't surprise me to see ferris take both or some kind of split either uh, you know at this point if pigs fell from the sky at any one of these arenas i would just be like okay goalie hat trick this year why not why not? The CCHA has been nuts. Hey, uh, Aaron Trotter had two assists in a weekend a couple weeks ago, so anything's possible. I'm I'm not shocked. I mean, he's going to have three this weekend. Why not? Let's do it, right? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Trotter, they are back home, and uh, as far as you know, points earned and points remaining, the Tommy's still very much in control of their own uh, fate here, as far as the. McNaughton Cup is concerned. They're home to Bowling Green. Uh, certainly, you know, as far as the teams vying for the McNaughton, this has the most uh, implications in that regard here. And we'll start with uh, Ryan, who covers the Tommies here. What do you think about this, this group here? I know both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, it's... It's going to be a tough weekend, I think, for both teams just because they've been hit hard so much. And their families <laughs> are kind of limping, trying, hoping they can stay as healthy as they can. Last game I was at, when they played Minnesota State, they uh, had three of playing forward. And 
guys who don't typically playing. And uh, although they played well, it just it just was a weird look for them that uh, you're typically used to. So, um, and then you get BG. It just I'm to see how they they got back back sweeps. Um, they've got a good roster. Having a good year, so it's I think it's going to be a very even and uh, it's just going to be who's the healthiest team that I think comes out on top and it might come down to goaltending because you know and uh, I've heard BG might play both of them this weekend so we'll have to see but it's going to be a good series yeah both teams have been using both goalies throughout the year when healthy uh, Cole Moore had a big you know, step up big and play a lot of time when, when uh, Stover was out but they both seem to be sharing time again and having some success as well as with the trotter Cybell combination with Cybell just being named a semifinalist for the uh, Richter Award top 10 uh, in that regard there. Uh, you know, Matt, what do you think about Tommies and, and Falcons here? Well, the Tommies have been really good at home. Um, 13, 14 and one this season, but seven, three and one at St. Thomas ice arena. So, you know, I think the venue matters here a little bit right for bowling green that's a heck of a haul to to get all the way up to the Twin cities um I, I i like st thomas at home here and you know bg though is is a scrappy bunch they've you know they their situation this year with everything that's gone on has been so unique and and they've had to just constantly kind of adjust and reinvent themselves and you know, now you deal with injuries and illness and whatever else is going on. And there's a little bit of a degree is of, you know, okay, who's available today? I don't know who stepped on the ice, right? Because, because you don't, you don't know what you're going to get one day to the next, right? They're finally starting to get some of these guys back and healthy. And we're starting to see some of them, you know, getting back up to game speed and making a difference for them. So, is that the team? Are they blossoming into maybe this version of them that we kind of thought we'd have at the beginning of the year? But also you've got a St. Thomas team that's really, really strong at home that knows how to play the dimensions of that rink. And that's another place that can get pretty noisy, right? I mean, they've only got seating on one side of the arena, so it's a very different environment. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, how do they handle that being in this position to potentially, you know, win the conference title in the closing couple of weeks. How do they handle that? Well, you know, they've got Rico Blasi as a head coach, so something tells me probably pretty well. I I don't think he's bringing a whole lot of guys in there that can't handle that pressure. That that does not seem like his style. So um, I, I think they'll handle that pressure pretty well. Really interesting matchup at this time of the year. And our last series to talk about, Lake Superior State is home to Augustana. Uh, Vikings coming off of a big sweep at home against the Tommies after it's, you know, just basically the, the CCHL, CCHL in a nutshell, right? They get swept by Ferris, who's in last place, and then sweeps the, the Tommies, who at, at, were at the time in first place. Uh, Matt, Lakers uh, back at home there at uh, Taffy Abel there. What, uh, what's kind of the mindset, right? They're obviously disappointed they weren't able to capitalize last weekend. Yeah, disappointing was the word that Damon Witten used with us post-game. And um, definitely some injury and illness going through. He talked about it on the Laker Hockey Show this week where you've got some guys who are in and out. And he's sitting there just like, well, you know, just before I came into the studio, I got a call and we got to, you know, we got to move some things around on a power play unit again a little bit. So, and that impacts chemistry. You know, this, this is a team that, looked out of sync against Bowling Green. I think that's a really good way to put it. Looked out of sync. And yet you can look at the young talent. You can look at how it's matched with some of the older talent too. You know, guys like Connor Miller is having just a breakout season for this Laker team. He's got more points now than he did in his final year of juniors. Um, you know, you can look at guys like Carter Batchelder, who's been excellent. Sherrod Westcott, Kobe Baker nominee. Um this is a team that that when it gets that rhythm and this team clicks, you can see why this is a team that's been sitting in the home ice playoff positions comfortably for much of the season. 
they've just kind of fallen out of sync a little bit lately at times. And again, there's some other circumstances going on around that with, with injury and illness. So can they recapture that form against the Vikings? They played in two high caliber, intense playoff atmosphere series in a row. Now, do you carry that intensity into this one against the Vikings? Um, I think that's the expectation um, that, that, they're going to try to bring that same level. doesn't matter that there's no league points on the line. You know, you want to be playing your best hockey late. And uh, last weekend certainly wasn't it for Lake Superior. There were glimmers. Now can they go out there and capture uh, that for a full 120 minutes out there? Um, so I, I think I think the approach is playoff atmosphere from this team. Who cares if there's points on the line or not? Ryan, what do you think about Augustana and Lake State? All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, is going to be really fun. They're, uh, they're, uh, I, I haven't seen them play at all, but I'm looking forward to see them next year when they come to St. Thomas, they're a really talented offensive team. That's really efficient, especially they showed at the start of the year. So they're, they're capable of getting beating teams unexpectedly. Like St. Thomas was banged up last week and they came in there and, took advantage of the opportunity. So and then you have Lake state, which was it's, they're such a pleasant surprise this year. They uh, were, um, you know, they were so down last year and now they're, you know, back on track. The chemistry on the team seems to be better. The offense is there. They're getting good goaltending from Ethan. I think uh, they're, they're definitely in contention. And I think they're going to end up getting home ice in the end, which will be a huge improvement from last season. So it's going to be a competitive series. Yeah, certainly will be uh, interesting there. And uh, yeah, really, whoever gets home ice and whoever comes out of that, I mean, there's really it's wide open, especially, you you know, home teams uh, hosting not only the quarterfinals, semifinals and and championship. uh, (laughs) We're going to be in our toes as far as where where people are going to be at the end of the year, because uh, it really could be anyone's, anyone's game there. Uh, you know, any final thoughts about the uh, weekend? We'll start with Ryan. I it's the CCHA is so fun this year. I mean, it's so unpredictable and I, I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out. It's, you know, usually home ice is going to come down to the last weekend because the last seed you know, people are trying to get that last fourth place spot, but now it's like, who's going to win the whole thing? Who's going to end up with the monotony? And right now it could be one of potentially four teams that gets it. And then you look at, you know, the potential postseason coming up. It's like, you got the Mason cup is going to be a, anybody can win the Mason cup. In my opinion, maybe not necessarily Ferris, but I think the way everybody else is playing, anybody can go on a run and pull some upsets if you're a lower seed. So I, it's going to be a fun ending to both the regular season and the playoffs. What do you think, Matt? So I'm just thinking back. There was a, there was a famous moment um, back in the eighties when Mr. T was asked for, for his prediction for the fight. It's a prediction, prediction, pain. That's 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 the CCHA this year, right? I mean, <laughs> it's one of the Rocky movies, right? If if uh, if you're not familiar with that one, but it, yeah. it's, it's nuts. And every weekend we have been treated to some kind or another of unbridled chaos, madness, mayhem, more. More. I'm I'm here for all of it. I want the smoke when it comes to to the madness of the CCHA this year. The nuttier the better. Pigs falling from the rafters, goalie hat tricks, goalie Gordy Howe hat tricks. I don't care. Give it all to me. I I'm I'm here for it. I want it. Let's go. <laughs> I can't condone all of that what Matt just said, but yeah, it certainly will be interesting to see how this goes down. Uh, in the end, uh, before before we get out of here, I'll let you guys uh, you know, plug something and uh, at least let us know where we can find you, your your musings, Matt. Uh, where can people find you? Obviously, the, the radio show is a, a good a big part of that. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reachable mostly through Facebook, Facebook.com slash corner pocket four two two. I don't really post a lot, but I'm always up for uh for for a nice, pleasant conversation about the uh state of of college hockey or anything really. Um Laker hockey show airs Tuesdays at noon on News Talk fourteen hundred. That's news talk fourteen hundred um here in the uh here in the eastern up and uh, of course laker hockey on today's hits 99.5 yes fm yes fm.net and on flow hockey throughout the season so i i you know i'm really looking forward to seeing the vikings for the first time and next year getting a midco arena too Whew, that's a palace i can't yeah, wait it's nice i've been there oh really yeah, yeah i was there for the opener you lucky lucky man you yeah. One of the one of the few perks we we do have. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, where can people find you? Well, um, you can see my writings at the triple um, I we have our own podcast, the MNCAA podcast. It uh, records every Monday. It comes out for it's the CCHA podcast called MNCAA. Comes out on Thursdays usually. Sometimes it gets released on Wednesdays depending on the week. And uh, I also do a little work for Minnesota Hockey Magazine. So you can you can find me there, and you can find me on Twitter too at Ryan Stieg. So it's a I, I'm very reachable if you'd like to interact with me. And his uh, Triple D does cover the the Tommies, and uh, if yeah, if you're a fan of the Tommies, definitely check out Ryan's stuff because he, he covers them uh, pretty completely there. All right, guys, thanks for coming on the the show, and it's going to be another uh, exciting weekend. Hopefully, not everything that Matt's hoping for, but some of it at least. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, give us some of it at least, right? Yeah, just the exciting the on ice stuff is good. <laughs> I'll take the goalie hat trace. Let's go with that. Yeah, the more gay, the more chaos, the better. That's what I like to this. <laughs> Madness and mayhem awaits. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.